Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's Revolution Recap, a weekly review of the New England Revolution, Major League Soccer, and the U.S. National Team on WNRI AM 1380 and streaming live on the internet at WNRI.com. Brought to you by Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. And now, Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome to Revolution Recap here on Sunday night. I'm joined today in the studio by Brian O'Connell from RevsNet.com. A little later we'll be joined by Revolution forward Pat Noonan. And last night the Revs put in a, a dominating performance in the second half over Chivas, but only came away with a 1-1 draw. They started off slowly, uh, which was surprising considering the loss they had the week before against Chivas. They certainly seemed uh, in practice to be very pumped up for this match and very you know, excited to come back and have a chance to get revenge against the team that they really had a really poor showing last weekend against. I think any of them would admit that, and uh, certainly even Brad Feldman on the broadcast admitted that last weekend. And uh, it was disappointing to see them come out of the gate so slowly. It really was. It was. Uh, it was definitely a different game than uh, than last week at Los Angeles. Um, the game last week at Los Angeles was just. It just felt like they were sleepwalking through that one. And basically, it, w- it was good to see. Uh, the team really put it on just, you know, the second half. I mean, the first half, you you were discouraged by the early goal uh, from Chivas. And, you know, after that, it, it almost kind of woke them up after about two weeks for them to kind of start charging the net and, you know, create chances. And it was just so frustrating just to see them in the second half just have all those shots. I mean, I think that I think the stats say that it was, you know, seven shots on goal in the second half. And, you know, you would think that, you know, other than the Dorman goal that, you know, it's just – you. you you figure you have to get more than one goal out of that. So, you know, it's encouraging, um, but at the same time, it's 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 got to be frustrating for the guys. You mentioned the chances they had. Taylor Twelman with two great headers that Preston Burpo came out big on. Uh, he, he had a very great game. Probably Steve Nichols said it was the best of his career, he, he thought. And it was, for him especially, uh, he's a guy that doesn't normally start for Chivas. Brad Guzan was out. Uh, I think the refs could be surprised by how good he did. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Burpo had, I guess you could say it was a race-like performance. I mean, he just came up big time after time. And, and just, you know, you, you see a guy like that and you see, you know, he's he's not the starter. Here. Like you said, it's Brad Guzan. And while Brad Guzan was out, you know, Burpo just really put on a show against, you know, one of the top scoring teams in all of MLS. I mean, limiting, you know, the Revs, who I, I, I believe at this point are second or third, or first or second in goals, uh, you know, total throughout the season and just to give up one goal in you know 180 minutes is is impressive and it wasn't just one with the chance either noonan had a great header you know the entire team uh, put together so many chances in that second half 12 shots compared to i believe chivas only had four uh, it was certainly a completely different second half and part of those were because of this change that steve nickel made he brought in Connell smith and kind of reorganized the entire lineup smith we've talked about last week he actually did not sit out because of an injury last week it actually was a coach's decision and it was a coach's decision this week as well to start him on the bench but he came off and not, i don't know if it was him he certainly had some great offensive plays but it was also the entire change pushing Dorman back putting ralston in the middle uh, putting Wells onto the right side where he seems to be more comfortable, even though he did play on the left side in college. Uh, but it did seem like a great play 
uh, from Nickel with those tactical changes at halftime. Oh, absolutely. And you could see that, you know, after seeing, you know, giving up that early goal, I don't know if it was something that he noticed uh, come halftime, but when he did make those changes, it was something that obviously, obviously worked. I mean, you know, the statistics, you know, would say otherwise, but, you know, there are lies, there are damn lies and there are statistics. And then when you, when you see one goal, out of all those chances, you can just you, all you can do is shake your head and say, you know, the, the luck's just not with us tonight. But I mean, like you had said, I mean, I mean, it was just a great, it was a great adjustments. I mean, they were pretty, uh, you know, they weren't the liberal. I mean, they were fairly liberal, uh, you know, um, changes you know, at at halftime, and you know, to bring in Kano, uh, you know, in the second half and just kind of you know basically revamp your offense. I mean, you know, it speaks, you know. It's one of those things where you have, you know, Steve Nichol, and sometimes people accuse him of being conservative. But last night, I think, you know, you have to th- that rap- that reputation just got thrown right out the window. I mean, he just he really did a fantastic job, and it would have been nice to see, you know, the home the homeboys just you know put put together a few few more goals. And Nichol last night was he mentioned made those great changes at halftime. Uh, he had a he had a very um, difficult decision, obviously. With whether to start Shari Joseph or not, he did end up starting him. Uh, Taylor Twelman uh, came off the bench. Twelman himself said that he wouldn't have been ready to play full ninety. Uh, but Nickel was was upset that the team wasn't able to capitalize on their chances. He recognized that they did have a lot of very good chances, not just half chances. And we do have comments from Steve Nickel, his post game comments, and we're going to play those now. Kind of slow start. Can you explain why that was and did uh, you know what the reason for the changes were? Did did you think of making some changes even earlier than you did? No, we didn't think of doing it any earlier. We tried to play too early. You know, we were trying to play nice passing football too early in the game. You know, you have to you have to win the battle first to, to earn the right to play. Uh, and I felt we made it easy from them uh, for them by playing too many short balls in the middle of the field. Um, you know, that's that's ideal for them to close the ball down. And ultimately, it's a bad goal we lose from a corner. But what leads up to that is, is you know, losing the ball in the middle of the park. But I guess after after 20 minutes of the first half, you know, we, we really took control of the game. I mean, from then on, it was one-sided. You know, I don't think we played particularly well first half, but we still had a couple of great chances. Uh, we should have had a penalty. Um, and then second half, I mean, that was that was the real team you saw second half. You know, at halftime, we asked for... We wanted to make a statement. We wanted to show them that we were coming at them. We wanted to go forward at all at all times. Um, and then once we won the battle, we could start playing football. And that's exactly what we did right from the word go in the second half. Um, I've lost count of the amount of chances we had. Uh, not just half chances, but, you know, we, we should have done better chances. I mean, we could have sunk a battleship with the chances we had tonight. So from that point of view, I have no complaints. Uh, the way we played second half was, uh, I think that was, that was a realise. Uh, but I guess sometimes the ball just won't go in the net. You know, the goalies had a, uh, probably the game of his career. Unfortunately, we didn't get the win, which we absolutely and completely deserved. You, you happy with the way Taylor was able to come back and shut short notice and, and you know, form? Came in right away, bang, bang. Yeah. Two, three good chances. Yeah, I mean, that's what we hoped. You know, we didn't want to labour him. He said six weeks, hasn't a day off in six weeks. Um, and we wanted to, to bring him on in the right situation where, where it would benefit him, and that's what happened. Unfortunately, the goalies made two phenomenal saves. 
Could you comment on Steve Ralston's um, milestone assist and what he means to the team? Well, it's huge. I mean, I mean, you just tell the guy, you just ask the guy to do a job, and doesn't matter where it is, he goes and does it. You know, um, he's invaluable to us. As I say, we can use him left, right, up the middle, full back. Uh, but that's not the beauty of him. The beauty of him is wherever you play him, it's the quality you get from him. Anybody can play in five positions, but they can't all play as well all the time in every single one. Stephen, how's uh, Shalry seem like he came pull up a little lane when he hit that shot wide? Did he re-aggravate things? Yeah, he did a wee bit. He hit the ground, uh, which, you know, gave him a bit of a strain. Um, so, you know, obviously that's not great for us. What is your plan for Tuesday? Um, going win the game. What, what kind of lineup are you, are you gonna are you gonna sit a lot of people? Or are you gonna? No, we're going with a strong lineup. We're going there to win the game. You comment on Connor Smith's performance? Yeah, I think he did. He did pretty well. He came on. And we wanted him to get balls in the box and go to his defender, and I think he, he did that. You haven't started for the last couple of years. Was there a reason? And did this put him back in the starting? Uh... Yeah, because he can do better than he's been doing. Did this put him back in the picture there? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously it's, the game's just finished, but, you know, Kenny's, Kenny's got to realise the tools he has, and he's got some fantastic tools, but he hasn't been using them, and that's that's why he wasn't playing. Um, but it's a process, you know. He's only been playing that, he's only been playing that position really for six months, I mean, he missed a year. So it's a new position for him, but, you know, hopefully he realises the tools he has, and uh, he did a good job tonight when he came on. You see your thoughts on, on the other side, Wells, it seems like, especially in the second half, he was able to go at people and make some things happen. Yeah, again, Wells is the same, you know, he's he's young, he's, he's got a lot of things that will get better, but, you know, he's, he's starting at a point where he's dangerous, and that's 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 great, you know. You, I think you should probably go and ask Mendoza how he enjoyed playing against them tonight. Again, that was uh, Revolution head coach Steve Nickel and his thoughts on last night's game. Uh, the goal scorer last night was Andy Dorman, who tied up the match with a, a excellent shot off a of Steve Ralston corner kick for Ralston. It was his 114th career assist, tying the all-time record with uh, Carlos Valderrama. But for Dorman, it was his sixth goal of the year, second only behind Taylor Twelman on the Revs. Uh, he's quietly been having a very good season. And there was a one stretch there where the Revs had a lot of road games where he seemed to kind of fade out of those games. Uh, but other than that, he's been playing very good this year. I believe his contract is up at the end of the year. Certainly he's going to gain interest from Europe. Absolutely. I think uh, you know he's, he's having the typical quote-unquote contract year. Where the uh, where the stats are starting to show, and you know, by all means, he must be getting some attention from you know other clubs, not just in the not just in the states, obviously, but abroad. So uh, you know, you know, it, it's one of those things where you really, really wish he does well. Um, is it similar to a Clint Dempsey situation? I don't think to the same uh, level, I would say, but. Uh, but to, to a certain extent, it's, it's really looking like, you know, if, if he continues, if Dorman continues to put together this, you know, the season that he's having, I mean, like you said, he's already, he already has six goals and, you know, uh, you know, if he, if he hits, uh, double digits in goals this year, you know, of course, yeah, there's, there's definitely going to be interest overseas. And, um, you know, I, I again, you, you don't root against the guy cause you, because obviously he plays for the team, but at the same time, uh, you'd like to keep him. So you know the the Reds have done a really really good job keeping Twelman, uh, you know keeping Reese, uh, Noonan, 
Um, and then you just hope that at the end of the season, when everything's said and done, that they can just kind of, you know, talk to Andy and his agent and, you know, come to a deal. Um, whether or not that deal, uh, you know, supersedes uh, a deal abroad or, you know, what have you, uh, you know, I, it, it's out of everyone's control except for uh, except for the powers that be. So, you know, hopefully, you know, he continues to have the season that he's having. And obviously, any, any interest overseas is, you know, a good thing. It's a it's a positive indication of the kind of players that we have on this team and in, in the league as a whole. So, you know, um, you know, you just hope that Andy continues his uh, continues, uh, you know, the the fine season he's been having so far. Talking to Dorman in the past, he has expressed interest in getting citizenship and playing for the U.S. national team. Certainly, a move overseas would, you know, end chances of that. However, he will be a free agent at the end of the year, and certainly he'll be a player that teams will look at uh, because of that reason alone. And talking to Dorman last night, we didn't get the chance to ask him about that, but we did talk to him about his goal, uh, and he was very happy to get on the score sheet. But he felt that the Reds really deserved the three points, and we do have comments from him that we can play now. Yeah, disappointing start because obviously after last week we were looking to come out flying and um, more credit to Chivas. They they came out strong, came out fast. Um, you know we we should we should have been out, out quicker than that. Um, about 20 minutes in, managed to get a foothold in the game, and then from then on, I felt like we we can control the game. What did, what did Steve say to you guys at halftime? Yeah, he just said we got to uh, obviously lift our game and. Start doing the little things right that is going to turn the game from being one 0 down to winning it. Did you feel? Did you feel that the after you got the equalizer, that things were going to go your way? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously we, after I got we got the goal, um, we uh, had the momentum um, and we were still creating lots of chances, getting the ball wide and getting it in the box to Taylor and Pat. Um, just you know, obviously their keeper made some unbelievable saves <laughs> and uh, you know. All credit to him. Um, you know, he, he pretty much kept them in the, in the game for the most part in the second half. The changes at halftime really kind of seemed to re-energize the team and you know, really came out uh, firing in the second half. What, what did that change mean for you positionally? Obviously, a lot of players got switched around. How did your role change after the half? Um, yeah, just dropping back a little bit deeper in the, in the middle of midfield. Uh, kind of put Raleigh in front and um, me and Shari kind of play alongside each other. Um, and I guess more defensively, but obviously in the second half we were looking to push forward. Um, so not not too defensive, just pretty much an all-out centre midfielder. So um, just disappointed, couldn't get to three points. And what did you see on your goal? It seemed like the ball got through. I think everyone in the box was kind of the last man there. Yeah, Raleigh whipped in a good cross, um, and all the lads attacked it. Um, obviously the ball came over to the far post, um, and I was managed to put it on goal. Again, that was a uh, Revolution midfielder Andy Dorman, the goal scorer last night. Uh, we also talked to Steve Ralston last night. He had a uh, milestone, 114th assist, tying Valderrama's record, and he got the opportunity to ask him what that meant to him. And we do have those comments we can play now. I'm not there yet. I need to go one more to break it. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm honored. I mean, Carlos was such an incredible player and and pretty much a mentor for me. So it's only taken me about five years longer than it took him, though. So I think it's like I said, it's a reflection of the longevity of my career. And uh, I've been fortunate to play with a lot of a lot of great players. So, yeah, and that was a uh, Revolution midfielder Steve Ralston with the uh, career assist last night and what that meant to him. Um, Taylor Twelman did come back back and make his debut for the Revs the first time he played for the Revs in over a month after uh, showing in Copa America and the Gold Cup. Um, it, he definitely had a big impact coming right off the bench with those you know two quick chances. Uh, too bad he couldn't have scored coming back, but uh, he had solid performances in the Gold Cup and the Copa America. So. 
uh, the refs could expect to be losing him some more uh, in future U.S. games. Oh, of course, and um, you know it's it, it's it's really a tribute to you know his his work ethic and you know um, for him to come in as a substitute uh, last night and then just to you know have have almost an immediate impact. You know, you would have liked to have seen one of those two headers, you know, or both of them for that matter, go in, you know, to make the to to give the guys three points. But at the same time, you know, you know, just to see him come back. Uh, you know, he really didn't have that much rust. I mean, at least, at least it wasn't, you know, you couldn't tell it from, you know, from where we were. But at the same time, um, you know, he had, he had a very good tournament. Um, you know, obviously he, he had the back-to-back tournaments. He had the Gold Cup and then he had uh, Copa America. So, I mean, you know, a lot a lot has been said about the fact that, you know, a couple of players may have declined the Co- uh, Copa America. But it was good to see Taylor just, you know, you know, for whatever reason, I'm sure there was politics involved, but for whatever reason, you saw him go down, uh, some go down to Venezuela and just, you know, do do his absolute best. And, you know, although, you know, the goals weren't there, uh, you know, it's in, it's really, really encouraging. And it obviously must speak, uh, speak well to him to see, um, to see him show up for the Copa America and, you know, really give Bob Bradley, you know, more than just the young guys, uh, so to speak, um, at his disposal when he goes down, um, when he plays, um, you know, much, much tougher competition, um, like, like the countries that we saw in, uh, Copa America. And the U.S. obviously falling out of that with three losses, uh, certainly disappointed on that front, but Twelman did believe it was a good experience, and we do have the comments from Twelman from last night as well. How you feel? I mean, it's been a real busy six weeks for you, five, six weeks. Yeah, right? it's been very, it's just good to be back. And obviously, uh, the house, I mean. yeah, 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 I did. I didn't know if my wife recognized me, but no, it was, uh, it was good. Obviously, I'm excited. You know, you could tell I was smiling and uh, we'll be fine. We'll be in good shape. Yeah, it was one of those where, you know, Stevie and I talked about it. There's no way I could have given 90 tonight and... I told him, you know, I'd give whatever I had. And it was just one of those games where it was kind of, they were packed in, you know, all 11 guys behind the ball. So just trying to get chances, we did, and Preston came up big. Did you get the sense, too, when it seemed like right, right about the time when you got on that you guys took got firm control, that you took the game right by the throat? Yeah, we definitely, we you know, we had some good combos, and, uh, you know, Raleigh, Noons, Dorn, I mean, everybody. It was, you know, Heaps was doing a great job coming forward, and, uh, Kano did well coming in. It was just one of those where you got to give Preston credit. He kind of stole the game from us. You know, we were talking about it afterwards. It was just like, even if he was in the wrong position, he was in the right position. You know? And you got to give him credit. He was in the right spot. What, six six really good times. How, how was the experience with Venezuela for you overall? Uh, overall, it was good. You know, obviously, we didn't play well. You know, but... It was good just for me to get in some meaningful games and uh, get a shot. And I, you know, I'm looking forward to the future because I think, uh, you know, I could be a part of it with Bob. And you know, obviously, I look forward to it. Did you have a discussion with him before you left about? Yeah, you know, and obviously, you know, I told him I'm just I'll do whatever it takes to be on the team, and you know, whatever it takes to just be a part of it. You know, I want to be a part of it all the time, and uh, you know, hopefully, you know, my number gets called. Overall positive experience maybe. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you play Argentina, you know, for 60 minutes, we defended well, because that's pretty much all we were doing. But both games, the positive out of it is both games, we shot ourselves in the foot. So, you know, if we would have done the little things against Argentina in the second half, we, we might have gotten a result out of that. And obviously Paraguay, we completely outplayed them and just didn't get a result. 
Again, that was Revolution Ford Taylor Twelman and his thoughts on uh, the Revs game last night as well as his experience in Copa America. We are going to take a break in just a minute here, but before we do, I'd like to announce our contest thanks to Eurosport and Soccer.com who have you know, given us several fantastic prizes to give away. Uh, last week, we gave away an Adidas Revolution soccer ball. The winner of that was Matt Asmar from Wayne, New Jersey, so congratulations to Matt on winning that. This week, we have a wonderful Adidas Skyline t-shirt, again, thanks to Eurosport. Uh, size medium, no, size large, actually, this week. Next, next one will be medium. This one's large. Um, and the trivia question for this one is going to be, uh, we, we're talking about Ralston and having his league-leading 114th assist, the all-time league league tied for Carlos Valderrama. Uh, the question this this week is who on the, on the Revolution is second all time uh, in all time assists for the Revolution. Uh, this is a player that is no longer with the team, a former Revolution player, certainly a well known one. Uh, guys like Pat Noonan are slowly catching up to him. Pat Noonan currently fourth on that list. Taylor Trauman fifth. Uh, but again, the question is who on the Revolution is second all time in assists. Uh, and again, the, this contest. Email your answer to contests at revolutionrecap.com. That's contests at revolutionrecap.com by Wednesday at midnight. Uh, and we will select the winner from all of the correct answers. Uh, but we are going to go to a break now, and then we'll be back with Revolution Forward, Pat Noonan. for soccer in New England? It's all right here at Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. New England's premier soccer magazine celebrating over 20 years of in-depth soccer coverage. Professional teams, college soccer, men's and women's amateur leagues, youth and high school teams. Soccer New England Magazine's got it covered. Looking for youth soccer camps? You'll find them here. Dedicated to bringing the excitement of soccer home to you with stories, scores, and insights in both print and on the web. Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. This is the game. Soccer football, call it what you want it, the world's language. If you live for the game and it runs in your veins, say ole, ole, oh, ole, ole. If you live for the game and it runs in your veins, say ole, ole, oh, ole, ole. I'm burning down the field, getting hotter than a toaster. I flip fake and juke like Ronaldinho. Me, I'm just a man, but look at you, you're just a Nino. When we go, a 4-3-3 should be illegal. Cause we be making plays while you're hogging it like Schmigo. Your ego is just too big to catch the Stilo. Jogo Bonito, you hit the ground like Luis Figo. Oh no, oh no, watch me give and go. Now I'm weaving through the D like I'm the Ronaldo. Ha, if you could only see, I'm Tati with the shot of Thierry Henry. Live for the game and it runs in your veins. Say ole, ole, oh, ole, ole, ole. If you live for the game and it runs in your veins, say ole, ole, oh, ole, ole. 
And now back to Revolution Recap with Sean Donahue on WNRI AM 1380. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. I'm Sean Donahue here, joined in the studio by Brian O'Connell. And now over the phone, we have Revolution Ford, Pat Noonan. Pat, can you hear me? I can hear you. Thanks a lot for joining us today. No problem. Thanks for having me. And uh, last night, the team obviously had a dominating performance after the first 20 minutes. But it was a little surprising to see the team come slow out of the gates. Is there anything to explain that? Uh, not particularly, especially after the uh, you know the run we've had of, of not performing well, and not getting the job done. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't really have an explanation for it, but uh, we got to figure something out quickly because uh, you know we're, we're falling behind in terms of points, and uh, um, this was a stretch where we could have really you know got clear ahead of everybody else being at home for those games, five of those games. So. Uh, you know, we'll have to figure it out this week in training and uh, in, uh, in Rochester and, and turn things around quickly. The team certainly had a lot of chances in the second half, and you had that great header there. Did you think that was going in? Could you talk a little bit about you know, the play of Preston Burpo there with the seven saves? Uh, well, yeah, obviously he had a great, you know, uh, great game. And, you know, that, I think he was the reason that, you know, we didn't walk out of there with the victory because, uh, you know, with his two saves on Taylor's header and as well as mine, uh, you know, we very very easily could have scored three or four goals in that second half. So it was frustrating, but, uh, you know, credit to him for the game he had. You talk about Taylor Twelman's have chances there. He's a guy that you've worked very well with over the years. Is it good to have him back with the team? Obviously. You know, you see what he does in the in the 35 minutes, 40 minutes he's in the game. He has two, you know, great chances where the keeper makes good saves. But, uh, you know, it didn't take him long to get back in the mix and, and uh, you know, get comfortable out there. So uh, it's obviously nice to have him back. Everyone always talks about the chemistry you two have up top and how well you work together. Uh, growing up as kids, uh, I saw that you you know played together. Could you explain a little bit how you met Taylor and um, you know how how you've known him throughout the years? Well, we met uh, you know just through grade school. Um, he came I think in about fourth grade to the grade school I was at, and you know just became good friends and and, and started playing you know in each other's backyards, and you know from there just built a friendship. Uh, and then obviously. Uh, you know, joining up with the Revs, uh, you know, continued that friendship. So it's you know, it's nice to be playing alongside of them. And the team this year, you got Adam Chrisman coming up as a, you know, another great forward. Uh, can you talk about a little bit about the rookie class this year? And it seems to be very strong. Well, they've done a, a good job of, of coming in and, and you know filling in time when guys have been uh, you know injured or out, you know, for national team duty, and at the same time earning a spot. So you got guys that are. Starting games, guys, uh, whether earned or whether you know filling in, so they've done a good job and contributed. Adams obviously had some some good goals, and Wells has had some uh, some good uh, opportunities himself out there on the right wing. So, um, you know, and that's you know just the two of them who we see most of the time. But the, you know, the remaining core of those rookies have done well, you know, uh, just as well. The attendance this year is up nearly. Uh, over 3,000, actually. Uh, could you talk about you know, the impact that's on the teams? Is that something the teams notice, and you know, does that help them have the, the good home record they have this year? Um, well, uh, I think you know, the fact that you know, we're getting more people in the seats is obviously uh, you know, a good thing. And uh, you know, it's, it's good because we're not even winning games, and uh, you know, they're still coming to support us. So uh, they know what we're capable of and how good of a team we have. So... Um, it's good to see, you know, the, the seats being filled and, uh, uh, you know, even in the midst of us not having a good run. And last year you missed most of the season with, with injuries. How was that for you having to sit out and, you know, not being able to help the team down the stretch? Well, it's frustrating when you're not, you know, you're not out there helping your team and, and 
because not because you're you know playing elsewhere, but because you're you know injured and you can't get your body to to stay in the the, the proper shape. So it was frustrating, and um, hopefully that's passed. And uh, you know I'm just looking forward to you know staying healthy and contributing this year. And you yourself have seen significant time with the national team in the past. Uh, it seems like the injuries maybe kind of hurt your chances of going to the World Cup. Uh, is that something that you hope to get back to in the future, playing for the national team? Well, no question. Um, you know, that's a ways away right now. And, you know, right now the focus is with the Revs. But, uh, you know, come time, uh, if I'm healthy and producing with the Revs, you know, hopefully I'll get a chance again with uh, the national team and, and, you know, do my best with that opportunity. And you got a game coming up this weekend against New York. Obviously, before that, you have the uh, Open Cup game. But New York seems to be a team that you've had a lot of luck scoring against. Is there anything to explain that? Um, not really. I think just, uh, you know, being in the right place at the right time. But, you know, they're a very good team. Obviously, a lot of new faces this year. So, um, you know, it'll be a interesting and a matchup, uh, interesting matchup and one we're looking forward to uh, um, in terms of a lot of uh, talent out on the field. So, uh It'll be a good game that, uh, you know, hopefully we have, we'll have, you know, worked on a victory in Rochester and then build on that. Speaking of Rochester, Nickel did say that he was planning on playing the first team for that. Has he, has he given anyone any indication of who will be playing in, in that match, or is that something you'll probably find out on Monday? I'm sure we'll find out tomorrow what's going to happen in that game, but uh, no word of as of yet. And Jeff Laruntowitz, who's been having a great season, has uh, been out the past two weeks after that. I injury. Do you have any update on his status? I don't. I don't. That's something that I'm sure will be day to day, and and uh, you know something the trainers will uh, diagnose. It's not something I'm you know too uh, experienced with. Pat, this is Brian O'Connell from uh, RevsNet. I just have a quick question about, uh, I know that you had spoken about the last couple of games have just been somewhat somewhat disappointing. Uh, you know, the team just not really put it getting three points when, you know, when they really should. But aside from the previous two games, uh, can you give me a little bit of assessment of, uh, you know, we're close to the midway midway point of the season. Uh, overall, how, how would you uh, uh, give us a quick assessment as far as, uh, you know, what, what, what the team has done well uh, and what it can improve upon? Um disappointing of late because I think we could have been well ahead of, you know, the, the entire league with that five games out of six at home where we should have, you know, three or four victories, but uh, uh, overall, I mean, I should, you know, decent, um, not, you know, not the best because uh, we know this team's capable of the, the amount of talent we have on the field that, you know, it's just not getting the job done on a, on a weekly basis, and uh, I think our, our trainings haven't been great, and that's a a big reason for what you know what takes place in the in the game. So I think we need to, you know, get our trainings you know in order, and uh, I think that'll carry over to the field. But uh, you know, we still have a lot of positives, uh, you know, going into the remainder of the season. Absolutely, and uh, I know that one thing you had ta- uh, spoken on is uh, the training, and um, I know that uh, Sean and uh, you had discussed uh, the rookies, uh, well, Wells Thompson and Adam Chrisman. Um, as as a veteran, how? How do you gauge uh, how well a guy uh, like Chrisman, uh, for example, because uh, obviously he's a line mate, um, uh, has it been has it been noticeable to see him from day one to just kind of get to where he is right now, where he's probably one of the best rookies uh, in the league? Uh, it, it always takes you know a few games to get you know get things figured out, but he's figured out pretty quickly. He's a fast learner, uh, as are you know a lot of the rookies that we have, and that's why I see him out on the field. But uh, um, you know, he, he's got just power and confidence and, 
and, and speed out there, and, and uh, you know, that can take you a long way. So he's, you know, coming along. And kind of to change pace a little bit, you grew up in Baldwin, Missouri, but you ended up going uh, to Indiana for college. Uh, can you explain the decision to go there and uh, your experience at that school? Oh, that's a big reason that I'm here now. Uh, it was a great experience, and staying four years was, you know, obviously a good experience, getting a good education, and and uh, and you know, being at one of the best, you know, if not the best, uh, you know, college program with the best college coach. So, uh, you know, I couldn't have made a better decision. And you know, like I said, it's the reason I'm here now. In just your second season in the off season, you had the opportunity to train with Chelsea FC in England, one of the top teams in the world. How, how was that experience, and how did that help you improve? Oh, well, you're playing with the best guys in the world, and uh, uh, that's that's one of the top clubs in the world, and it was a, a good experience, and uh, uh, you know, it let me know that I can compete at that level, and uh, you know, hopefully someday I'll get the chance. But uh, you know, it was obviously you know a great experience for me. The team this year, a lot of holdovers from last year, and obviously the introduction of the rookies, as you mentioned already. Uh, do you think this team finally has what it takes to get over that edge and win the first MLS Cup? Well, we obviously think so. Uh, you know, that remains to be seen. You know, we've been there twice, you know, three times and haven't got the job done. So uh, we know we can get there, and we know we've, you know, been a, the best team in, in, in those games. But, you know, we just, we're not winning. So we know we can we can win the whole thing, but it's just a matter of actually doing it. Now, Sean had just spoken about the uh, about you know the chances of getting not only just getting to the MLS Cup this year, Pat, but also you know finally winning it after uh, you know after so many so many tries. But um, what's what's the biggest difference this year uh, as far as you know whether it be obviously there's a it seems to be a lot more talent on the on the club this year as opposed to last year, um, and that's really speaking a lot considering that the club had you know Clint Dempsey last year. But um, but aside from that, um, what do you think is the biggest difference? Uh, you know, what is the most noticeable difference from last year? As opposed to this year, um, that could really, you know, bring this team over the edge and finally win uh, an MLS Cup. Uh, well, I don't think there's much difference. We got a, a lot of the same guys out there, a lot of the starting lineup that they had last year, and we have, the, you know, the new additions that we've spoken of. So uh, there's not too much different in terms of talent and, and what we got out there and what we expect to do. So it's just a matter of, you know, getting the job done in the big game. And we'll we'll let you go here in just a second, but before you do, uh, what do you enjoy doing in your spare time when you're not obviously playing and uh, training with the Revolution? Uh, playing some golf, uh, you know, hanging out with the guys, uh, uh, relaxing, you know, sitting by the pool. Uh, I don't, know, you know, that's that's the majority of the time is we can get out and play some golf and uh, and just hang out at you know downtown and you know some nice restaurants and and some of the some of the bars down there. So. Well, thanks a lot for joining us today, and good luck with the rest of the season. All right, thanks, guys. Take care, Pat. Hello. Again, that was uh, Revolution forward Pat Noonan. Uh, he, he had a good game last night. He certainly had a chance to score that Preston Burbo came up huge on. Uh, he's been having a good season so far after coming back from the injuries last year. Uh, I'm sure he was disappointed with last year, as he said, uh, missing so many games with the injuries. Um, we will take another break here. And then we'll be back to talk a little about the upcoming games with Rochester and then uh, the New York Red Bulls, who are uh, currently struggling after a strong first start that saw them in first place. Now they're all the way down to fifth place in the Eastern Conference. A little bit of a surprise there. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's just it's it's something you know it's 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 almost like what happened with uh, you know DC United last year, whereas you know they just got off that red hot start and. 
you know, uh, you know, it, it goes back to the old uh, to the old saying. You know, you start uh, it, uh, the season isn't season isn't a sprint. It's a it's a marathon. So, you know, you know, they got off the gate early. Um, you know, and as did the Revs as well. Um, you know, it was pretty much them too at the at the top of the Eastern Conference standings. Um, but uh, like you had said, Sean, it's just uh, the the drop off has almost been you know um, you know just from the almost you know amazing just to see how far they've fallen. So. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully we can take advantage of that. <laughs> well, we, we'll take a quick break here, and then we'll be back with some more Revolution Recap. for soccer in New England? It's all right here at Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. New England's premier soccer magazine celebrating over 20 years of in-depth soccer coverage. Professional teams, college soccer, men's and women's amateur leagues, youth and high school teams. Soccer New England Magazine's got it covered. Looking for youth soccer camps? You'll find them here. Dedicated to bringing the excitement of soccer home to you with stories, scores, and insights in both print and on the web. Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. Float like a butterfly, hit the upper beat. Plus I'm speedy on the wing like Jamarcus Beasley. I'm a free fall fighter, take you inside The mind of a World Cup winning hoorah. I play FIFA 06, with scissor kicks. And I keep talking until the button stick. So when I'm not making, leave you with your back down. Know that I'm like Roy Keane, putting the smack down. I don't know what you've been told. World Cup fever's about to take hold, so act like you know. When that whistle blow, Furious and Fitz G's got game like that's a O. If you live for the game and it runs in your veins, say ole, ole, oh, ole, ole. And now back to Revolution Recap with Sean Donahue on WNRI AM 1380. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. I'm Sean Donahue here, joined by Brian O'Connell from RevsNet.com. Uh, we mentioned the Revs' upcoming games. Uh, first, the U.S. Open Cup game on Tuesday against the Rochester Raging Rhinos. It seems like they've been playing them you know, pretty much every year these recent years uh, in the Open Cup. Last year, they played their first team. Uh, the previous years, it seemed like they played kind of a weaker lineup. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do this this. This Tuesday, obviously, Nichols said they'd be playing their first team, but you know what exactly that ends up being, uh, we obviously won't know to Tuesday. Certainly, these guys are going to be tired from Saturday's game and a, a long ride out to Rochester, but uh, it, it should be interesting what, to see what the Revs do. Certainly, Open Cup, a very prestigious tournament, and love to see the Revs win it. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, I know that uh, the, I, I distinctly recall a certain uh, uh, press conference at the beginning of this year in which um, I know that uh, Nickel had stated, you know, his desire to win an MLS Cup. And obviously, that goes without saying, um, you know, when you have, you know, the head, co- the head coach of an MLS team. But at the same time, you would like to see them, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say the word effort. Uh, but you would like to see them do a little bit more to, um, to you know, try and try and you know, uh, be competitive for that for that trophy because, like you said, it is a prestigious trophy. It's the it's the oldest uh, it's the oldest uh, tournament in in the states, and you know, you you really wish you would see 
uh, the Revs really take a more proactive approach towards, you know, uh, you know, putting a first team on the field. And uh, like you had said, Nicole had mentioned that he he would be doing so on Tuesday, but also. You know, they just come off the uh, they just come off the uh, draw versus Chivas, and you can only imagine that you know a lot of these guys are tired. Uh, you know, it wasn't exactly the coolest day uh, last night, so um, you know there's got to be some fatigue there. So um, you know whether or not we see starters, you know, for the first half, and then you know uh, he's quick with the substitutes. Uh, you know, we'll see. Um, you know, I, I, you know, it, it will, it'll be interesting to see, uh, who he puts out there. Um, you know, whether it be a mix of, uh, veterans and younger guys, uh, maybe even, uh, a Brian Byrne, uh, maybe, uh, you know, uh, a Chris Loftus even, you know, a guy who hasn't even seen first team action. Um, but it, 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 if anything, it will be an interesting for him to see, uh, you know, how seriously, uh, you know, Nickel and Mariner really take, really take this tournament. Well, you mentioned some names like Brian Byrne and Chris Loftus. Uh, this is a team that certainly has a lot more you know, depth and experience for these guys than maybe they did last year even. So uh, should they play guys like maybe Marshall Leonard, who hasn't seen action this year, I would think that might be a good opportunity to get him some time. Uh, there's certainly, especially with Taylor Twelman back, uh, Jeff Lerontowitz is supposed to be returning to full training, full contact training on Monday. Uh, probably won't be ready for the game on Tuesday. Should be ready for the game next weekend. But certainly this is a team with a lot more depth on the bench that should they go with an inexperienced, well, not necessarily inexperienced lineup, but not necessarily their first choice lineup. Uh, this is a team that has a lot more experience than maybe the one they put out you know, two or three years ago when they faced Rochester and ended up either losing on penalty kicks, I believe one of them they did, or losing in overtime. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I was uh, I was speaking to some of the some of the journalists uh, during a training earlier this year, and uh, the talent level as far as the uh, as far as the, you know the younger guys and you know the second second string guys, so to speak, uh, is is almost like night and day. Um, I know that Nicola had commented earlier in the season that you know a lot of these he he's very very Pleased with the with the amount of depth that these guys have as far as young guys, uh, guys they took in the draft, um, you know, guys they picked up. A guy like Brad Knighton who shows up at a tryout and you know just just has everybody in on says you know where where was this guy you know, <laughs> um, so you know it's absolutely it, it's it'll be very very interesting to see uh, perhaps maybe even for the first time this year uh, you know how talented. Uh, not only the rookies are, but the guy, a guy like, you know, Marshall Leonard. I mean, obviously he's shown his, he's shown his worth in the past. He's a guy that, you know, came off, came off uh, a major injury last year with his Achilles and, you know, just hasn't gotten into game action in, you know, nearly a year and a half, two years. So, um, you know, it'll be great for him for, uh, it'll be a great form for him to, you know, get back into, um, you know, get back into seeing some, uh, you know, uh, action outside of, you know, reserve games. So, um, in addition to that, uh, you also have Brian Byrne, you have obviously Wells Tom. Thompson and obviously Adam Crisman, but you also have some of the other guys. Um, I know RC Noka is a little is hurt. I, uh, he was listed as out for yesterday's game, but you also have um, a guy like Kyle Halton, who's you know he's a fast guy. Um, you know he signed with the club about two months ago after they drafted him. Um, and you know I'm I'm really I you know it's unfortunate that it's, it won't be on TV because I would have loved to see this uh, you know see this group if if that's if that's the uh, direction in which Nickel decides to go in. And you mentioned Brad Knight, and he's a guy that. Uh, certainly has more pressure on him now with Doug Warren out with concussion-like symptoms. He's been out for the past several weeks now. Hopefully he gets better. It seems like uh, a, a long time he's been out with his concussion symptoms. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, you just hope that, you know, aside from the play, you, you hope that as, you know, as a person he's he's fine. And, you know, you hope that, you know, uh, obviously he'll he'll be afforded all the time he needs to, to get back to, uh, to where he's 100%. But it's also a luxury to have a guy like Brad Knight. And a guy, you know, while he's inexperienced, um, you know, has certainly certainly has a talent to, at very least, 
uh, be a worthy backup to Matt Reese. So, I mean, you know, you have Matt Reese, and, you know, Matt Reese is arguably the best goalkeeper in all MLS, but it's also, you know, while there may be some nerves there as far as, you know, Knighton, you know, kind of stepping in as uh, Dougie Warren's, uh, you know, as Dougie Warren's uh, apprentice and, and taking over his job right now with Doug Warren Hurt, um, you know, it's 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 certainly, yeah, I mean, there, there are certainly worse situations. And looking at the other side of things, we did mention uh, the Reds playing Rochester on Tuesday. Rochester is currently in second place in the USL Division One. They have played more games than any other team, uh, but they're certainly in good form. Uh, they have a lot of guys with MLS experience. They've done, been very successful against MLS clubs in the past in the U.S. Open Cup. So by no means an easy game. Oh no, not at all. And um, you know, I, although I, I can't speak on uh, you know how uh, you know how how well the Rhinos are doing in in this year and in the past few years, but it seems like whenever they run into MLS, I mean not MLS, uh, U.S. Open Cup competition, you know they they seem to be one of the last, if not you know the last uh, you know USL one club, uh, you know in the thick of things while. You know, every every other club is is MLS. So I mean, you know, it's really credit to them. Uh, you know, they like you said, they have a lot of um, guys with MLS experience. I mean, it's it's you know, it, they're they're a very very good USL one team, and you know, they'll definitely provide you know a worthy test for the Revs. Uh, you know, come Tuesday. And you, you mentioned the Revs having the best offense in the league, or one of the best offenses in the league this year. Rochester has the best offense in their league. They've been winning a lot of games by offense alone. Uh, several more goals than any other team in the division. Uh, their defense has been shaky. I would expect the Revs to exploit that, while at the same time it should make for a very exciting game. Rochester on their home soil at their uh, new stadium, relatively new stadium. Uh, it should certainly make for a very exciting game, as the Open Cup always has in the past couple of years. We've seen the Revs lose to the fire in uh, 2005, get eliminated in overtime the year before. Actually lost on penalty kicks to the Rhinos. Um, last year, they actually beat the Rhinos um, and penalty kicks themselves, uh, kind of getting revenge for their previous year where the same thing happened, well, two years before where the same thing happened to them, and only to be eliminated to the Chicago Fire again. So it should be very interesting to see uh, how this game plays out, and certainly it'll be good experience should some of the younger guys play. Uh, however, Nickel did say it was playing the first team, but uh, good, good preparation for MLS Cup playoffs for a guy like Chrisman haven't experienced yet. Uh, guys like Wells Thompson haven't experienced that playing in a game where you know you lose and you're out. Oh, absolutely, and um, you know a lot, lot's been spoken about you know the atmosphere that they have up in Rochester. Um, I know that whenever the uh, the issue of MLS expansion comes up, obviously we have Toronto this year. But um, whenever the uh, the discussion of a 14th MLS team comes up, Rochester's always at the forefront of that discussion. And I know that they draw fairly, fairly well. They have, like you said, they have a brand new uh, soccer-specific stadium, which is, you know, which is, it's just fantastic for, you know, USL1 team up there to just, you know, and, uh, you know, just draw, not only draw well, but also perform well. So, I mean, it seems like, the you know, you know, if they get a, any of these younger guys in um, on the rev side, you know, it'll almost be, uh, you know, an MLS-type ma- atmosphere where, you know, I, you know, it's almost certain that they're going to draw over, you know, 10, 12, thousand uh fans there so uh you know absolutely it'll be great preparation for the younger guys and kind of looking ahead a bit in the tournaments obviously uh, it's certainly not going to be an easy game for the Reds, as we mentioned so it shouldn't be looking ahead we certainly they've lost to rochester years in the past so they shouldn't be looking ahead but we can and uh, should they advance on august 7th they would be in the quarterfinals against the winner of dc united versus the harrisburg city islanders a uh, bit of change there certainly we've seen the Reds, as i mentioned chicago playing recently um, so a bit of a change there against a team like D.C., which would be a very strong opponent who currently moved up in the first in, in the Eastern Conference, or Harrisburg. Should Harrisburg be the winner of that match, then the Revolution would be playing at home, at, which I believe would be at Lusitano Stadium, not actually at Gillette Stadium. 
but certainly diff- different different path to the final this year than the Reds have had in the past with the way this bracket played out. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see based on what happened last year. Uh, you know, last year, the first game uh, of the U.S. Open Cup, uh, I, I believe, you know, Nickel, uh, you know, it was pretty much first team. Uh, with the exception of, uh, with the exception of uh, Dougie Warren in goal, um, and then from the second team, he almost you know switched switched uh, you know uh, mindsets completely opposite. He went with a lot of younger guys. I I vaguely recall uh, you know I believe it was uh, Ryan Latham who had scored a goal in one of those one of those crucial U.S. Open matches. So um, you know it's 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 really it boils down to how how you know how seriously Nickel takes these takes these, uh, you know, this tournament uh, as a whole. So, you know, um, you know, in the past he has shown that he has uh, taken it seriously and then at other times he um, kind of uses it as a forum to uh, to use the younger guys. One thing that's interesting to note about this year's edition of the Open Cup in the past, uh, last year especially, we saw a lot of upsets at Dallas-Roma FC, team that beat, I believe, Chivas USA. That was an amateur team that beat Chivas USA. Uh, no real teams like that so far this year. In the second round, uh, there was actually no upsets. There were some very close games where the uh, less experienced teams that were expected to lose uh, gave their opponents a lot of trouble. But there were actually no upsets in that round. Uh, for the Revs, I bet they're hoping that trend continues. <laughs> exactly, and uh, you know, you hope you hope that the uh, Revs go fairly deep into this uh, into this tournament, and, and obviously you hope you win, they win it all. Um, you know, last year they only went two games, I believe, and you know, you just hope that you know they get further this year. Um, you know, it would be a nice piece of hardware to add. Uh, obviously, if you ask any Revolution fan or anyone close to the Revolution, obviously they'd rather take. Uh, an MLS Cup, but at the same time, I mean, uh, another trophy doesn't hurt. You know, it doesn't hurt to want to win a U.S. Open Cup. I mean, it is such a such a prestigious tournament. It's you know one of the oldest. It's the oldest tournament in the states, and um, you you hope that you know they the the club takes the same kind of serious. They take it as seriously as they do, uh, you know, going for that MLS Cup. And obviously, you know, it wouldn't hurt too much if uh, they won both this year. That's for sure. Yeah, certainly, certainly the fans would love to see. Uh, Two trophies added to the uh, case this year, uh, but the Revs have a very busy schedule this week. And uh, as we mentioned before, it will be interesting to see exactly who they, what they play. They have Rochester on Tuesday away, so they're traveling out to Rochester. Then they're coming back the next day on Wednesday, and then back again on Friday. They're heading out to uh, New York to face the Red Bulls. Uh, so a very busy schedule for the Revs as far as traveling. Um, talking ahead, looking ahead at the Red Bulls game. Uh, as you mentioned, the Rebels are a team that have been struggling lately. I believe they had a 4 nothing loss to Houston in the previous game. They played tonight. should be interesting to see how they do in that game. Uh, they were a team that was ahead of the Revs for a while, was playing very well. Guys like Juan Pablo Angel, who seemed like he could never be shut out, uh, was shut out the past two games. Uh, Claudio Rainier brought in. He hasn't looked as good in the past couple games as he did at the beginning. Uh, it should be interesting to see where they are. Certainly, they played better at home, a lot better at home than they have on the road. Uh, so that will make it very tough for the Revolution. Oh, absolutely. And I think it'll be, uh, you know, like you had said, the tough travel schedule up ahead. You know, uh, it certainly doesn't bode well for the Revs. I mean, you know, like you had said, they'll be in Rochester on Tuesday and then have to come back from training and then have to, you know, go out to New York for uh um, for the, for the game this weekend, so I mean, you know, it, it's grueling and it really puts a question mark as far as you know, uh, you know, what kind of players we'll see on Tuesday, and then after we see those players, you know, which which of those players are we going to see, uh, you know, the next weekend? So it's just it, it, it's really a matter of you know uh, how f- it'll be it'll really be a test to see how fit this uh, Revolution squad is at this point in time. Um, you know, it would be nice to get that win, um, you know, that road win versus versus Red Bull on um uh, on Saturday uh just to kind of you know 
uh, have the unofficial halfway mark of the season, finish off with a win, and then, you know, move on towards the second half. Um, but at the same time, like you said, it's going to be tough, uh, you know, it, to, to the revolution, uh, to the team's benefit. You know, like you had said, uh, Red Bull has been struggling. Uh, you know, uh, Juan Pablo Angel hasn't, you know, hasn't had the, you know, the golden touch with the, with the ball lately. But at the same time, you know, it, 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 it it almost screams trap game, whereas exactly, you know, you just you hope that you know that that the revs really take this seriously. You hope that you know while they have you know they have a good team, a good game against um against Rochester, that they don't just kind of fall into the pit of saying, okay, well you know Red Bulls done you know they haven't done well lately, so we can kind of you know lay back and play for the tie. You hope that they go out there attacking, and you hope that we see what we saw last night in the second half. You know, just chances. I mean, um, you know, it's as frustrating as it was to see last night, those chances not um fully developing and only getting one goal out of it, uh, it it's it's really only a matter of time before you see those before you see those chances you know materialize so if they can just keep that attacking mindset the way they had last night in the second half um you know it, it, it'll be a good game and it wouldn't surprise me if we got three points out of it and talking about the importance of this game especially looking at the standings where there's only seven points separating the revolution from last place who revolution currently tied for first place with dc united chicago uh, only has 16 has 16 points in last place, where the Revs have 23. Uh, completely different dynamic from the Western Conference, where we all saw Lakes in last place with nine points, FC Dallas up top with 29. Obviously, Dallas has played a couple more games than the rest of the team, but certainly that's a, they they can be feel a lot more comfortable with their position than any of the leaders in the East. Uh, a couple losses here and there, and the Revs could find themselves all the way down at the bottom. Oh, absolutely, and a lot of thing, and a lot of uh, one aspect that you know sometimes some people forget is that this year, with the side of the with the uh, exception of the Eastern Western conference champions it's single table so basically uh you could there could be a, a a point in which you know the eastern conference champion makes it and nobody else does so you know with a single fo- uh, table format this year with the exception of the eastern conference champion uh eastern conference champion and the western conference champion you're right there isn't much there isn't much of a fall between you know first place and last place in the eastern conference uh you know in the eastern conference this year so you just hope that you know the revs you know they continue to do well um you know we're like like uh like we said we are they're almost at the halfway mark you know with the uh, game of versus Red Bull being the halfway mark, um, and you just you know, like, like uh, Pat had said, you want to have, you want to hope to, you want to capitalize on those chances to get, you know, to get to get victories and get three points instead of one or zero. So, um, you know, a, a result like last night where you have a one-one tie, I mean, that that should have been a win, and you could sense it in Pat's Pat's voice that, you know, it should have been a win instead of one point, it should have been three points. So. You know, hopefully they they realize that, and they you know once they realize that, you know they 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 use that as motivation to really you know kick it up another notch and just uh and, and just keep attacking. And another thing that was interesting to hear Pat know was that they were disappointed with the points they've had uh, over the past several or so games, where you know they've been playing lots of games at home, they've been playing competition that you know towards the bottom of the table that you'd expect them to get wins over. These upcoming games are going to be a lot more difficult for the team, as we mentioned. Red Bull, a team that started very strong and they have a very strong lineup despite the struggles they had recently. Certainly, they're a team that you'd expect to break out of this funk very soon. Hopefully, not against the Revs, but. Uh, certainly wouldn't be surprising that maybe they'll break out of its night even before that and have the confidence going into that game. Yeah, but even after that, they have Houston, who's a team that you know was the MLS Cup champs last year, uh, 26 points right now, second in the Western Conference. However, they have two games in hand on Dallas and only three points behind. They're a team that's playing very well after a slow start, kind of the opposite of the Rebels. They started slowly, now they're playing very well. That's going to be a very difficult game for the Rebels as well. They've only given up 10 goals all season, uh, by far the fewest in MLS. And and they're scoring nonstop recently, too. 4-0 victories over Chivas, 4-0 victories over Red Bull. Uh, certainly going to be a very tough 
tough stretch for the Revs after an easy stretch, as Noonan said, where they could have picked up more points. Oh, absolutely. And I think what you uh, what you have is, you know, it, it's almost like a, a tale of two, of two teams. You have a team like Red Bull, who is just, you know, seems to be slumping. And then right after that, you have a game versus Houston that seems to be on the rise. Um, so it'll, it'll be very, very interesting to see how how the club approaches the Red Bull game with the, you know, with the Houston game at home, albeit, uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, quickly approaching. So you just hope that the team really takes advantage of, uh, you know, of, of really attacking that, um, you know, uh, you know, a weekend, a weekend Red Bull team right now. Um, you just hope that, you know, they, they take that three points because it'll, going into Houston, it'll be a lot easier going into Houston with three points in your pocket from the last week. Um, rather than zero or even one. I mean, one would be nice. Uh, zero obviously would be really, really tough. But um, but going into that to their next home game at uh, I mean versus Houston, um, you, you would like to get those three points versus Red Bull, a, a team that's really been um, on the downfall. And between those two games, there will be the All Star game that Steve Nichols coaching, and we already know a few Revs that will be going. You know, Matt Reese is heading there. Michael Parkers is heading there. Shari Joseph is heading to that game. Uh, we don't know who will be named to the reserves. Steve Nichols actually has already made his decision for that. They won't. They haven't announced it yet, and he wouldn't give it away. Uh, but he did seem to hint that there would be more revs going, so certainly there'll be more uh, players that maybe are tired for that Sunday game against Houston after a Thursday game against Celtic. Uh, we are going to wrap things up here, but before we do, I'd like to you know give Brian a chance to tell us a little bit about his involvement in revs and how he got involved and uh, you know where, where the site's going. Sure, thanks, uh, thanks, Sean, and uh, again, just thanks for having me. And um, basically, as far as Revsnet goes, uh, we have three core guys right now. Um, Tony Biscaya is the publisher. Um, you also have Jim Dow, myself, as our regular writers. And then once in a while, we'll get uh, you know we'll get an, a, a, a contribution from an outside writer. Um, you know, so I mean, it, it's a great site. I think the the best thing about the site uh, that Tony does is the fact that he really doesn't put constraints on us as writers. I know me personally, he says you know we don't want the typical you know match report. We want something different. Um, and, you know, all credit due to the guys that do cover the Revs and, you know, do give very good stories like Frank DeLapa, Kyle McCarthy, um, and all those guys. They all do a fantastic job. But what we do at RevsNet is we try and give something we want. We want to give a little bit of a different flavor with respect to our to our pieces. So, um, you know, I, I like where the site's going. Uh, before you know it, Tony will have his fantastic photography on there. Um, you know, and, and you know, uh, as soon as we get that, I think it'll it'll really be great. Um, you know, uh, you just have our stories right now with Jim Dow and I. But um, but uh, hopefully soon enough you'll have uh, Tony's um, Tony's pictures up there, and it'll be and it'll be just uh, you know a top caliber site once again. And once again, I would like to give the contest information. Again, it's a Revolution Skyline T-shirt, a very nice T-shirt there. So, uh, thanks again to Eurosport and Soccer.com. Uh, again, the trivia question is: Who on the Revolution is second uh, is second on the team uh, all time in assists? Uh, again, once again, I'll mention that Pat Noonan is pushing up there. He's not there yet. He's number four. Taylor Twelman right behind him. Uh, there are several revs who are moving up there and could take over a second. This guy is actually first all time uh, in assists per game, ahead of Steve Ralston even. Uh, but once again, you can email their answer to contest at revolutionrecap.com. That's contest at revolutionrecap.com. Uh, and you can get the archives of the show at revolutionrecap.com. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Rob. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.